Smoke a fatty and laugh it up with Jonesy in Weird AF News. Oh, yeah. Hey, happy Memorial Day, y'all. This is Jonesy, and today's stories are all related to Memorial Day and the military and veterans and all that. Uh, The first one is, I thought I'd give you some interesting facts about Memorial Day, stuff that you might not have known. I didn't know these things. And then we're going to hear about a disabled veteran who breaks the deadlift record at 1,113 pounds and 5 ounces. Unbelievable. And UFOs have been invading military airspace multiple times per month, says a military source. These are the weird stories from Memorial Day Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. This is Jonesy, the host of Weird AF News, the only weird news podcast hosted by a comedian on a daily. Let's do it. It's Memorial Day, and I have some fun facts about Memorial Day, because I'm all about learning and then imparting my wisdom onto you fellow weirdos. First of all, did you know Memorial Day was originally called Decoration Day? Which is like a, that's a, that's, that's a dumb name, right? The Decoration Day, come on. It has its roots dating back to the Civil War when communities would hold a similar holiday called Decoration Day. Uh, It started in 1865 when northern abolitionist James Redpath organized schools for freed slaves in South Carolina to scatter flowers on the graves of Union soldiers. The tradition carried to the South for Confederate soldiers' graves as well, and Decoration Day became an annual tradition. Did you also know that the North and the South originally celebrated separate Memorial Days? The Civil War had torn a deep canyon between the North and the South long after the final shot was fired, and these attitudes reflected the rift in the way either side celebrated their own Memorial Day. The dates for the South's celebration, Confederate Memorial Days, ranged from April to late May in different parts of the region, except on May 30th, since they considered that the Yankee holiday, the Yankee Memorial Day. Also, Memorial Day would have died out if it wasn't for World War I and World War II. Yeah, the rift in the deaths of the country's remaining Civil War veterans caused the holiday of Memorial Day to slowly fall off the calendar year after year. And it almost disappeared by the beginning of the 20th, 20th century. The breakout of World War I and World War II prompted its resurgence and a call to honor the fallen soldiers once again. Veterans groups were able to successfully lobby for the establishment of a national holiday on May 30th, the official unofficial day of remembrance. A bill was signed in 1968 that recognized a number of legal public holidays, and that's when the Memorial Day of May 30th, which was the original day that the veterans had lobbied for, uh, was established as the last Monday in May to give everyone a three-day weekend, such as we know today. Since 1989, Senator Daniel Inouye has tried to move Memorial Day to back to May 30th. I don't know if I said his name right. Inouye, Democratic senator from Hawaii, has tried to undo the calendar established by LG, LBJ's bill for more than two and a half decades. He's a decorated veteran of World War II and a Medal of Honor winner. He's a little bit pissed because he thinks that people are using Memorial Day as the celebration of the beginning of summer and to have big cookouts, open up the pool. And he's kind of right. 3 p.m. on Memorial Day is actually the national moment of remembrance. See, I didn't know any of this stuff because I'm stupid. 
it's nice to learn these things. Memorial Day might be full of sleeping in and getting full on backyard barbecue, but it is not without an opportunity for personal reflection. President Bill Clinton established the National Moment of Remembrance in two, the year 2000 to give everyone a chance to reflect on the true purpose and sacrifices that should be honored on Memorial Day. The proclamation established that 3 p.m. be the official time for this moment. And that's the same time that television and radio stations often play the traditional taps to give Americans pause during their busy Memorial Day. Get out of the pool, dry yourself off, put down that chicken wing, and have that national moment of remembrance, 3 p.m. And did you know that the song Taps came from the French? It has often been reported in books and stories that the most famous bugle song came from a Civil War captain who discovered his long-lost son in a field. But this is nothing more than an urban legend. The traditional bugle tune, Taps, comes from Union Brig General Daniel Butterfield during the Civil War. He didn't care for the customary firing of three rifle volleys at the conclusion of burials during battle. He wanted a softer and more somber bugle song to honor his dead soldiers. Historians believe he altered a French bugle song called Tattoo that served as their army's lights-out call, and he rewrote the notes to the familiar tune of taps that we hear today at 3 p.m. Isn't that fascinating? Aren't you glad you tuned into Weird AF News today to learn some facts about Memorial Day? Not all of them are weird, but some of them are weird. These next stories are a little bit weird. Yay! A disabled veteran breaks the deadlift record at 1,113 pounds and 5 ounces. This story is amazing. I mean, not only is it fitting for Memorial Day because it's about a, it's about a veteran, but it's like, it's so inspirational. He's disabled and he breaks the deadlift record? That's unbelievable. A disabled veteran has lifted more than most can lift in good health. He's in a wheelchair. He's wheelchair-bound, this guy. His name's Ty, T-Y-E. He's wheelchair-bound and has no sensation from the knees down, and he was able to lift 1,113 pounds and 5 ounces at a strongest man event in England. Ty was paralyzed after a suicide bomber drove into his vehicle while he was serving in Afghanistan in 2009. He has metal work in both of his knees along with his shoulder, and he sustained a blast injury to his lungs. He's undergone 20 operations and has arthritis in both knees. Here's a quote that he had to the, uh, he said to the Guinness World Records organization. I want to show the world what disabled people can do. Okay, we do it in a different way, but that doesn't mean that we're weaker. No, that doesn't mean that you're weaker. And who would have the balls to tell this guy that he's weak? You're crazy. The lift only lasted a few seconds because that's what deadlifts are. You can only hold such a weight for a short period of time. But that was enough to break the record. People said it looked easy. Believe me, it wasn't. My back's sore. Emotionally, I'm a bit drained, but I'm over the moon with the outcome. That's amazing. When asked what was going through his mind in the moments before the attempt, he says, some people, get, some people like to get really angry and use aggression. I don't do that in my preparation. I go to my own little place in my head. I visualize the lift, how I'm going to do it. I tell myself, it's light. It's light. It's so light. You've got this. Look at that. He tells, him, he tells himself it's light. He tells himself that a thousand pounds is light. That's crazy. I need to, uh, I need to take a page out of this guy's book of achievement. I'm just going to tell myself that everything's easy. It's light. You've got this. Whenever I go to an audition, I'm going to be like, 
This is easy. I'm better than everybody in here. And I'm better looking. Look at me. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm ravishing. <laughs> Nobody says these lines like me. Hey, man, you got to tell yourself these things. You got to buck yourself up, get yourself ready. Energize yourself. Look at this guy. Arthritis in his legs in a wheelchair lifts a thousand pounds. Unbelievable. What did you do today, huh, weirdo? <laughs> what did you lift a hamburger to your face? Well, get out there and deadlift. <laughs> man, when I, when I see people who uh, these have these setbacks get out there and do something like this, I, I just get so excited. Because I love to get down on myself and say, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'd get depressed. And this kind of story just snaps me right out of that. I once, when I was in New York City, knew a, a guy who had no arms and no legs, and he was a comedian. Gianni Monteleone. That's his name. I don't think he ever listens to this. I wonder where he is. We used to talk on the phone together, and I always wondered how we did it. But man, so this guy used to come to my comedy show. I hosted a comedy show in New York City at a hostel. A youth hostel, yeah, because I was kicking ass. And I wanted the challenge of telling jokes to people who didn't understand English. Anyways, Gianni Monteleone used to come to my show quite a bit. And I'd have to lower the mic down to his size. I'd have to bring up his... He had a little set list on a piece of paper. I had to bring that up there and put it on the floor for him. And man, he just... I mean, he was basically a, a torso with a head. You know, he had these tiny little... Tiny little legs, but there wasn't much there, and really no arms to speak of. And he never let that stop him from doing comedy. Like, it was so inspiring to me. I mean, obviously, it was, it was weird to see someone that looked like that do stand-up comedy. Like, that was, that was a weird experience. But man, did I love it. And I, and I love that guy. And I wonder where he is. I should, I think I got his number in my phone somewhere. So just remind yourself, guys, when you're down, you're like, I can't do it. I can't. You can do it. Of course you can do it. If you don't think you can do it, listen to Weird AF News. It'll give you motivation to do it. Stories like this. People that are in a bad place that still overcome everything. Or just plain old stories about dummies that make you feel better about yourself anyways. <laughs> Either way, it's a win-win. Weird AF News, baby. Tell your friends. UFOs have been invading military airspace multiple times per month, but the public won't be told any more information. Since 2014, UFOs have intruded upon military airspace as often as several times per month, a military official told the Washington Post. In a follow-up published by the Post, the same official said that the U.S. Navy will not share any more information regarding what they call unexplained aerial phenomena in their region. The Navy did say there have been a number of reports of unauthorized and or unidentified aircraft entering various military controlled spaces and designated airspaces in recent years. The Navy is updating and formalizing the process by which reports of any such suspected incursions can be made to the cognizant authorities. A new message to the fleet that will detail the steps for reporting is in drafts. This new process came in response to multiple sightings of rounded objects that were tracked on infrared cameras, including footage of a so-called Tic Tac UFO craft that was released by the New York Times in 2017. This was a, an incident that actually took place in 2004. I don't know if you guys saw that, um, that video, but it's like a grainy, grainy footage of little dots that are flying around in the 
There's like military people freaking out. It's pretty cool. But there's been a lot of these floating around, these videos of not just military people, but astronauts saw unidentified flying objects as well. And that's all caught on audio. You can hear some of those, I think. Uh, but this is all, this is a story, but it's not a story. You know, we love to, UFO people like love to say that this is a story. Oh, the military knows everything, but they're never going to tell us. Well, yeah. Why would they tell us? They're not going to tell us things. What do you think they owe us to tell us? They don't. There's nothing to say. They don't know what it is. They're just as bonked as we are about it. No one has the answers to what these things are. Everybody thinks they do, but no one has the answers. So obviously, the, if you haven't noticed, government officials only speak of things when they... And, and that trickles all the way down to like sheriff's department. They only give you facts when they 100% know. Watch a press conference after something happens. They're like, oh, well, we'll, uh, we'll give another... Uh, you know, we'll speak again when we get more facts. Like that, that's what they always do. Well, they don't have the facts because no one knows what the hell they're seeing. The military has no idea what these things are. No one does. They, you know, we all like to think that they're spacecraft, but these things move at ridiculous speeds and trajectories that are impossible. Like, they defy physics. This is something that's, like, interdimensional rather than, like, you know, something that operates in the... It's something interdimensional that probably just flips into our dimension for a little bit, little while, and then goes back to wherever it came from. But, I mean, that's all I can speculate, really. It's all speculation. While the Navy plans to keep its UFO sightings out of the public eye, the politician who helped fund the Pentagon's UFO program, the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, says that UFO sightings are far more common in military circles than previously revealed. Oh. One military official described widespread sightings at military bases. He said, you can't just hide your head and say these things aren't happening. <laughs> We have military installations where hundreds and hundreds of people are seeing these things. Yeah, of course you are. They got equipment. The military's got equipment to, that's more sensitive than just what we have, regular people. So obviously they're picking up stuff on radar, other things. Of course they're picking up things. But to expect them to tell us all is just out of control, and which is what a lot of UFO fanatics demand. You tell us what you know. <laughs> we know you have a UFO and a uh, and an alien, you've caught one. You have it in the. You're doing tests on it right now. All righty, now that's some cartoon shit. Okay, calm down. Meanwhile, I mean, I wouldn't mind being abducted. I could get some answers that way, maybe. Any of you been abducted, you weirdos? Tell me about it. <laughs> I'd love to hear it. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you you're crazy. But yeah, funnyjones at gmail dot com. Send me a photo of your... I want to see your abduction photo, if you could. They're kind of like baby pictures, right? <laughs> you got some video of a UFO? Send it my way. I'm dying to see it. Are you in the military? You know some high classified information? Tell me! I won't tell anybody. Ha, come on. Your secret's safe with me, military guy. Lady. How you guys doing? Did you enjoy the stories for Memorial Day? I hope you did. I'm highly caffeinated and talking a mile a minute, so if I spoke too fast, please forgive me. This happens sometimes. You should see me on hardcore amphetamines. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm a church-going person. Uh, thanks for the call-ins, by the way, over the weekend. Got some good calls from um, 
Michael in Iowa City and uh, my buddy Jay in Sacramento and a, a young person called me at it. And uh, what, what an endearing call. Something something about you want me to cover some tornado story, but then, which I, I didn't see. But then, then he or she was like, I love you. I listen every day. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. You know, I normally I don't get excited that kids listen to Weird AF News because I think a lot of stuff on here is, isn't for the ears of children. But, um, you know, it, it is nice to know that some kids are listening. I mean, I don't know where your parents are, but. <laughs> well, I hope you had a good weekend and I hope you enjoyed the stories. Please feel free to reach out to me anytime. Uh, funnyjones at gmail.com. Send me links to stuff. Uh, you can call the show, of course, 646-450-2012. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Funny Jones, on Twitter at Funny Jones, and on Facebook it's Comedian Jonesy. As always, check out the Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Weird AF News, uh, where I put a couple bonus episodes and a video, and I'm going to put up an article about the um, the Voynich Manuscript. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's, a, it's something I've been fascinated with my whole life, so I'm going to do a little article on that along with a video. So that's just some extra stuff if you're into it. For a couple bucks a month, you can support Jonesy on the Patreon and get some, I don't know, other additional weird stuff that comes from my brain. Patreon.com slash weirdafnews. Hope you enjoyed the stories. Hope you're having a great beginning of your week. Hope you had a great three-day weekend. And bye. Hey, Jonesy. It's Michael calling from Iowa City. Very interesting story you did there about the 21-year-old man who died, but the judge granted... Uh, permission to his parents to collect his sperm and use it for reproductive purposes with a surrogate to potentially um, create a baby. And I think I have to agree with you that that would not be the best plan. Although the the young man had stated at some point in time before he died with his parents, uh, he had had conversations that yeah, he wanted to have a family someday. I don't think that's real justification for the parents using a surrogate to uh, to make a baby for him. Um, you know, the boy, the man, the young 21-year-old man is dead and gone, and it's not like the parents are going to be able to replace him by uh, having a, a grandchild from this uh, their deceased son. It would be a different story if he were married and uh, had a a wife and the wife wanted to make the decision to have a child from her husband. Uh, And and that, in my mind, would even be questionable whether to allow that or not. If she were pregnant with him, you know, and he died, well, that's one thing. The child is going to be born and raised. But even to use the sperm... uh, um, and after he's deceased would be questionable even because he wouldn't be giving his explicit consent to use it to have a child. So I, I think from the parents it's just too much and it should not be allowed. So uh, it's, a, it's a tough thing, but uh, I, I realize that he had conversations with his parents that he wanted to have a, a family someday, but I think it's just it's too much and it, it shouldn't be allowed. Um, a very unfortunate situation, but that's my take on it. Thanks, Jonesy. Hi, Jonesy. I am actually really worried about you. Oh, not worried about you. I'm 
so I live in Lone Jack, and there was a tornado that hit, and there was a lot of people here just outside. Please cover this story. I can, I, since I don't have a computer, I cannot send you the thing, well, the link, but all I know is that it's very weird, bro. Trust me. Cover it. And why would people be out whenever there's a fucking tornado outside? I mean, how dumb are those people? Freaking dumbasses. Well, I hope that you didn't get hit at all. This is just a concerned one. So, yeah. Bye. Love you. Listen every day. What's up, Jonesy? This is your boy, Jay from Sacramento, calling. And uh, I just had to comment on the marijuana candy story, bro. You know me. I love everything marijuana. Anything that has to do with marijuana, I love it. But on this one, Jonesy, I'm going to have to 90% disagree with you. And the reason why I disagree with you so much is because I do believe parents should take some responsibility, of course. Not responsibility, some, but the responsibility for, um, you know, keeping their private stuff and, you know, stuff that isn't supposed to be taken by children away from children. And let me hurry this up because I got a lot of faith. But now, as for distributors, you're saying that, you know, there's nothing they can do, blah, 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 and, you know, kids got parents got to take That's bullshit, bro. I mean, bullcrap. Now, here's what you do. Number one, why does the marijuana candy have to look like a gummy bear? Now, they talk about, you know, you're going to make it all these colors and all these and all these uh, colors and all these um, shapes to entice people to buy it. Bull crap. We are adults, Jonesy, just like you were saying. The reason why we buy marijuana candy is, guess what? Because it has marijuana in it. Who gives a shit if it looks like a gummy bear or if it's blue or green or yellow? That shouldn't matter, man. They should be basic little squares that are colorless. That would be the perfect candy. All marijuana candy should be colorless, wrapped in a completely non-see-through, plain package that doesn't look like anything other than says, uh, doctors use only a white package like you get eye drops from the doctor from. White package with black lettering says, um, you know, medical use only, blah, 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 blah. There should be no reason why it looks like fucking Sour Patch Kids at all in any shape or form. That is garbage and that is marketing to kids. That's the same with the stupid vaporizer, um, cigarette flavor crap that they're trying to market to kids now. So to me, bro, that is total garbage, and these distributors are marketing crap to children and younger people and knowing it, because any adult would know who gives a crap about the color, the shape, any of that. All it has to do is taste real good. It doesn't have to be a bright red to taste like cherry. That's called food coloring. None of that crap we eat today is the color that it is. It's all made that color, and none of it has to be made that color. And I know I'm on my soapbox, as Jonesy said, going on a rant, but this is garbage, man. There is no way that candy should be looking like candy if it has marijuana in it. And that's my two cents, and that's the way it should be. That would make our jobs as parents 
ten times easier, even though I'm not a parent and I never will be, but that would make your job as parents ten times easier, and that's why I disagree with you 90% of